Our TikTok is blowing up, by the way. And by that, I mean we've we're we're, we're starting. But uh, but I'm very happy with our output so far. You should check out our TikTok, the Greg yeah. Cody Show. We're gonna have some fun on there. I think we have three ticks up there right now, don't we? Is that yeah. what you call a, an entry on TikTok? <laughs> you know, it's called a you tick. Just, you just did, so we're doing it. Okay. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host. Greg Cody. Okay, well, I, I want to start with something that is universal, uh, something that involves uh, all couples worldwide deal with this at one time or another. Um, it, it doesn't matter your age, race, ethnicity, same gender or different, married or not. If you're in a couple relationship, you have dealt with this issue. A couple relationship. Okay? That's right. Now, uh, the three of us represent different stages of marriage. I've been married forever since the 80s. Uh, Christopher got married in 2017. Yeti, you're somewhere in between. How long have you been married? Uh, be 13 years in October. Okay. So that's a big one, 13, by the way. Um, so <laughs> here's the issue. Um, restaurant boots, same side or opposite sides? Because I have strong feelings about this, and, and uh, this is something that uh, your mother and I, Christopher, uh, dealt with on the very first, not the first date, but early in our relationship, uh, we went to a restaurant. I think it might've even been a pizza hut and she sat down first and I sat down on the same side of the booth. Wow. Thinking, thinking that's, you know, I'm being a little romantic. I know. Yeah. You're thinking baby. <laughs> yeah. Baby. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, I want to make a good impression. I, you know, for some reason I thought that's what she expected or whatever. So I did that. She didn't and say she it took say, a long time. She didn't say anything to you in the moment, did she? No. Like, get on the other side. What are you doing? Yeah, she didn't. Because, like I say, we barely knew each other at that time. You know, I think our only other quote unquote date has, had been with another couple in the campus rascal or something. So this was this was our first date, just the two of us. Uh, I was nervous. Uh, she was polite, didn't say anything. But but much later, much, much later, she told me how weird she thought that was. Now, how do you two feel about that? Yeah, I, I'm with uh, mom on this. I've never done that. I, the only time I would ever allow something like that is if you're at one of those monstrosity of a booth that has like half booth, half two chairs. Right. And then then I want to uh, be on the same side because we both deserve to sit on a booth because we can all agree a booth seat is much better than a chair. So uh, I I deserve the, I I, uh, I definitely prefer the boot half. Wow. That's for sure. Yeti, how about you? So I tried this once sitting on the same side with an ex-girlfriend of mine. And she in the classic Greg in the moment was like, what are you doing? (laughs) It's like, "Eh, I thought it would be, you know, like romantic or whatever. And it's funny. I had never tried it with previous girlfriends. And and yes, I did have at least two girlfriends prior to this. This girlfriend just gave off same side of the booth to you. So you were like, I got you got vibes. That's what she wanted. But you were wrong. No, that would be giving way too much credit for trying to read the vibe. This was just, you know, I have an idea in my head. This might be romantic. So I'm going to try it out. And I failed yeah. miserably. So she mm-hmm. shamed me in that moment and never trying that again. Now, what about when you're with a couple? Oh, then, yes, of course. Yeah, when you're with a couple, you you have to. See, actually, the, the funny thing is about this, this is interesting, I think, is when it's a booth, you always sit next to your, your spouse. But if it's a table, it changes the dynamic. I've sat, like, with my, my wife's twin sister and her husband. We go out to dinner. I've sat at a table, like, next to 
my sister-in-law and next to my brother-in-law different times and that's allowed but in booths it's always like you sit next to your spouse that's true and there's also a different dynamic in a car like when two couples are going to a restaurant we we go out a lot with this uh particular couple and for some reason uh the other guy drives and the two women sit in the back and I'm in the front with the other guy. That's a weird dynamic to me. <laughs> that's usually, is that strange that's usually, or no? no, we do that too. I think that's women usually like, you know, you know, men are like, you know, bulkier. So like, you know, the man gets the more spacious area and the women, that's like the way like my, my wife and, and sister-in-law will do that as well, but they're like small. So like, it's right. like you guys can sit up front and we'll sit in the back since it, the back is smaller. If you ask me, it's, I prefer to sit beside my wife. If you ask her, she's probably like, give me a break. You know, yeah. <laughs> can I have some space? Let me hang out with. with Plus, like that—that that is, if friend, it's a double, yeah, if it's a double date, you usually like you're paired off, like you know, like the, the wives talk, the husbands talk, you know. Well, this this subject came up because um, your mother and I, Christopher, were at a restaurant the other night, and we're doing our opposite sides thing, and I'm on the side where I can see the booth next to us, where it's a couple with their backs to us on the same side, yeah, and so I'm getting to see the dynamic and play. And it's so weird because you're both both people are facing forward, eating their meal. And then when they want to talk to each other, they both have to like swivel their heads awkwardly, yeah. you know, to talk to each other. It just doesn't make any I sense. Think I think it's a trait of young couples, not young in age, like early on in a relationship, like young in the relationship. Yeah. I think like it's like a first six months, like I'm really into you. Let's let's let me hold your thigh as we uh, order this food. Right. Let me, let me feed <laughs> yeah, you. Let exactly. me let me feed you a piece of bread. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know let what I mean? Let me hold like, your thigh, and you're talking about like the chicken thigh on her plate, so you can eat it, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> both thighs. Right. Exactly. And, and and another thing, we'll get off this topic in a minute because I could talk forever about this. But uh, an, another related topic is the whole holding hands thing. Like your mother and I are not hand holders. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're walking as independent people. We're close to each other, but not holding hands. And I even said to her once. Should we be hand holders? <laughs> you know, we, we like analyze this, and she's like, "No, it's fine. Don't worry about it." Me, you know. I, I'll, uh, me and my wife will like, I'll grab her hand sometimes. She'll grab my hand, but it always lasts like ten seconds, and then we have this thing where we squeeze, and like when we squeeze, it's kind of like, "All right, enough of this." Ah, okay. It's kind of like when when the other one feels the squeeze, it's like, "All right, we're letting go now." I hear you. I love the hand holding, but my wife is a little different. It, it kind of depends on the weather. Sometimes it's just too hot, and uh, other times, like in the winter, it's cold, and she wants to put her hands in her pocket. So uh, it, it really just depends. Yeah, on- Eddie, I'm catching vibes of you that I that you have definitely put rose petals down a hallway before or upstairs for your wife. Maybe not down a hallway. Maybe not upstairs. Maybe somewhere else. All right, that's but, what uh, I mean. So, but I'm, <laughs> rose petals, baby. Rose petals have been purchased. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the hopeless romantic of the couple for sure yeah. for sure yeah. now um uh, chris have you ever had a, a mix-up with the twin like baby <laughs> have you ever accidentally like grabbed your sister-in-law's hand or something um no there have been times where we're like out at like a bar like years ago like at a beer pong tournament and like i'll come out of the bathroom and like she, they won't be facing me and i'll like walk up and it's like oh and then like i have to realize oh wait that's not her but right. She, early on in our relationship, I literally had to ask my friend which one was which because I had just met them. Right. And one of and her sister has like a beauty mark on her face. So it's like that was my cue. But uh, now I can like tell them apart in like baby photos. But yeah, yeah I, obviously I can tell them apart now. But I remember the first time I ever met Christie's twin. 
I, th- I think we were in a pool hall shooting pool or something. And Paul. I totally could not tell them apart. I mean, I, I, and yeah. I think I went up to Christy and called her Corey or something. Um, so, <laughs> Classic anyway, twin mistake. Classic twin mistake. Exactly. And, and, and uh, as our dismount, before we introduce the show and move on, I want to say that um, I, I sent your mother red roses for birthdays and special occasions, anniversaries for decades of our marriage before she ever told me that red roses were the only rose color she didn't like. Wow. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, she prefers the yellows and the pinks and the, and the mixes, but the red rose to her indicates uh, a funereal sort of a deathly thing. Okay. And so it would have been nice if she had told me earlier, but um, are we doing a podcast? Uh, you know what? Let's bring I on like this. a special guest. Let's just have a special <laughs> guest because, um, this guy I've, I've known for decades, speaking of which, I've known him almost as long as I've been married because uh, I covered his Miami Hurricanes in from 84 to 88. Uh, he's the Hall of Fame coach, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, the only man who has won a major college uh, national championship and a Super Bowl, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. This coming weekend is his enshrinement, which is a word that always sounds funereal, like Red Rose's enshrinement. I think that's kind of a creepy word to have for it. But his name is Jimmy Johnson. And in the spirit of the Olympics, we are competing for the podcast Olympics medal. We're trying to get a medal in the competition of oldest podcast in in terms of average age of everyone involved. So Yeti and I will not be taking place in this because we want to have like a nominee for that medal. So we will not participate here and we will submit this to the podcast Olympics in the following (laughs) weeks. That could be, because uh, I'm up there and Jimmy's older than I am. I was surprised to learn that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, in fact, he turned 78. Right. I couldn't believe it because he looks great. Are you, you know, about to still... learn this? Are we about to learn this in the interview? No, I don't bring <laughs> I don't bring up his age. <laughs> oh. uh, but, you know, pe- people, everybody knows Jimmy because he's on Fox NFL Sunday, you know, putting up with uh, Terry Bradshaw for the last 20 years. And, um, and, and I think we have a great interview because in addition to talking football, we talk about his other passion in life, a real passion, which is fishing. He right. goes on on his boat yeah, and just gets yeah. away from it all. It's great. Yeah. So I just thought you were going to do that thing where you like say every single thing in the interview. No, the te- interview. this is called teasing an interview. Which you almost so, just right. did. That's why That's <laughs> why if you heard me at the end there, Yeti, I was like just literally jumping in like, okay, all right. Yep. Now please stop okay. talking. Well, you know, I have a high, a high paid, uh, high priced uh, production staff. And you know how you tee I... up? You're teeing up this interview right now. And I know I just yeah. interrupted you. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're an interrupter. You tee up. You're, tee, you're teeing up this interview. You're like one of those guys who tees the ball up six inches off the ground. Like that's what you're doing now when you're teeing up this interview. Right. <laughs> it, it is a big tee. I just, I will say that. Edit, edit, out whatever you don't like. Leaving it in. In meantime, here's the great, the one and only, Jimmy Johnson. Real honor to have this next guy on. I feel like everybody knows Jimmy Johnson uh, from the past 20 years on uh, Fox NFL Sunday and, of course, the, the Hall of Fame coaching career with the University of Miami and the Dallas Cowboys and later the Dolphins. He's won everywhere he's gone. And, Jimmy, uh, thanks a lot for being on with us. Well, it's good to be with you, Greg. Um, you're finally – I say finally because uh, – uh, you, you were inducted um, into the Hall of Fame last year, but the ceremony was delayed. So you finally get the the whole enshrinement <laughs> ceremony this coming week. And um, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, before long, because that's uh, fascinating to me. Um, 
how you found out and uh, and what your emotions are going into this week. But first, uh, I, I want to talk to you about something else because I've always known you to have uh, a few great passions in life, football, family, and fishing. And uh, I'd like you to talk fishing a little bit because I know uh, when you hop on that boat, uh, it's like another world, and uh, it, it's become a real passion of yours. Um, uh, what, what's a, a fishing day like for Jimmy Johnson? Well, you know, fishing for me, uh, you know, at least half the time I go out by myself, uh, and it's relaxation. I, I, uh, it's so peaceful out on the water. I Actually, I grew up in Port Arthur, Texas, right there on the water. Mm -hmm. A big... Uh, vacation for us was to go to the beach and pull a seine or maybe even be on the boat. So, you know, always being around water, I, I, you know, I love the scuba diving. I love the fishing. I love just being out there. And like I said, it is peaceful. And I go by myself, you know, mainly because, you know, if I'm out there by myself, there's no pressure to catch any fish. If I right. you know, entertain people or take them on the boat, uh, then I feel like I'm kind of obligated to catch a big fish for them. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, again, uh, that's why I go by myself. The other thing is I don't like to wait on people. Uh, I'm a very impatient person. Right. And so, uh, you know, I normally get up 4.30 every morning. Uh, and, you know, it's, I may go out before daylight. I'm usually on the water by daylight. And I don't, I don't like... Uh, telling people we're going to go at 6.30 and I'm pacing the, you know, back and forth about 5.30 waiting on them. Right. You know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I go by myself. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure when you were holding a team meeting, if, if the meeting began at 8 a.m. and you got there at 7.55, you were late, right? I mean, you wanted uh, you wanted your guys That's there. That's the way it was. Everybody knew that once I closed that door, uh, they weren't coming into the meeting. And, and in fact, even when I was with the Dallas Cowboys, I know I irritated the owner Jerry Jones, he tried to get in the locker room one time with Prince Bandar, and I'd already closed the door. Right. Uh, he's banging on the door to get in so he could hear my post-game speech. And once they walked in with Prince Bandar and his big entourage, I just told, looked at him, and I looked at the team. I said, good game, and I walked off. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I remember something you said once, uh, speaking of those days, uh, uh, you were talking about how all players are not created equal, that if, if Troy Aikman falls asleep in a meeting, you nudge him awake. And if the, the third string long snapper falls asleep, he's probably off the team. Yeah, well, you know, it, you know I think that's the way it is in business or it, with any organization. Uh, you know, I always told the players, I said, I'm going to be very consistent. Uh, I'm going to treat every one of you differently. Uh, and how I treat you is if you do everything that we ask you to do, if you meet the rules and regulations and the guidelines. And plus you're a good player. Right. Uh, I'm going to cut you a little bit of slack. Uh, but if you don't meet the rules and regulations, uh, if you know, you don't do what we ask you to do and you're not a good player, uh, then, you know, you better not mess up because if you mess up, you're not going to be around here. And that's the way it is. You know, if you're in charge of a company and your top salesman, uh, comes in a little bit late one day, you're going to tell him to, hey, be on time tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, but if there's somebody there that's not contributing to the organization and they're continually late, uh, you're going to find you a new salesman. Right. It's, it's simple. It's human nature. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, I want to get back on that boat for a minute because it interests me that um, when you go out by yourself, uh, what you're fishing for is sort of relaxation and solitude as much as actual fish, right? That's exactly right. And 
the byproduct is I do catch a lot of big fish. Right. And, uh, and so I'll come back and clean the fish and clean the boat and vacuum seal the fish and put them in the freezer. And so it gives us a little bit to eat. Wow. So you do all that yourself. Like you don't hire anybody to clean fish and all that. I don't hire anybody to do much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you, you, and I know you're not retired uh, because, you know, you're doing Fox Sunday NFL for the past 20 years or so. But as far as football is concerned, you retired right. You got out clean. Uh, once you quit football, you never went back. Uh, you you lived what seems like an idyllic life in, in the upper Florida Keys, and, and you hop on a boat. I mean, life's good for Jimmy Johnson, right? Yeah, life is good. I um, I mainly retired, you know, because of my family. I, um, you know, I'd spent so little time with my two sons, uh, and one had had really struggled. Uh, and then, you know, when I was with the Dolphins, my mother passed away. Right. I, I actually you know, flew to the funeral and Wayne Heisinger was, was nice enough to let me board his plane to go to the funeral. You know, I just, you know, it, it was a realization that, uh, you know, I'd missed so much family time. Yeah. And since that time I've spent a, spent a lot of, a lot of great hours and days uh, with my sons and, you know, Brent and Chad, and they're doing fantastic by the way. Great. I'm glad uh, to hear and, it. uh, and so it's been good family time for me. Yeah, that's terrific. Uh, what, what do you fish for, by the way? I, I barely know which end of the rod to hold. I am not a fisherman. Uh, I, I would love somebody to bait my hook. I mean, I'm, I'm totally not a fisherman. So uh, what, what do you catch out there? I'm curious. Oh, you know, I was out yesterday and caught a mahi, you know, oh. what they call dolphin down nice. here. Um, but, you know, I'll catch tuna and, and I'll catch occasionally – I'll catch a wahoo, which I really enjoy catching. You know, they're big and, and powerful and as fast as any fish in the ocean. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I, I catch about whatever gets on the hook. <laughs> I don't like to catch sailfish because they tangle up my lines. Oh, wow. Uh, and I, I have actually caught and released five blue marlin fishing alone. Wow. Uh, and, and, you know, 250, 300-pound blue marlin. And then I have these fishing tournaments too, Greg. You know, I, I've got the one – JJ's Fish Week uh, there, uh, which has been tremendously successful. We give it. We have given out over ten million dollars in prize money. Wow! Uh, and then we just had one in Atlantic City. Michael Jordan's fished in it the last three years. Uh, the winning fish was a six hundred and seventy-nine pound blue marlin. Good lord! Michael Jordan's team actually came in third at that tournament. Wow! Uh, and so uh, you know, I've been involved with the fishing tournament as well. Wow, that's uh, that's um, what's the biggest fish you've ever uh, boated? Probably about a 300, 350 pound uh, blue marlin. Wow. Now, Jimmy, when you uh, catch and clean and store fish like that, um, do you actually cook them or you're over a fry pan or what? No. <laughs> uh, my cooking is about like uh, my hiring of people. <laughs> I don't cook, <laughs> my wife does the cooking. <laughs> okay. How, how's she doing, by the way? Uh, Rhonda's doing great. great. Uh, yeah, she she plays her pickleball, and and I I do a little bit of fishing, and uh, so we have a great relationship. She's my best friend. That's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, one thing I've always admired about you, uh, and and this has been consistent as long as I've known you, and I've known you since 1984. I covered uh, UM football for those uh, five seasons you were there, and it was the I consider that to be the big break in my career. I was in my late 20s, I think when when you came to Miami, um, 
you're a man who doesn't hide his emotions. I mean, you know, after a big win, you're not stoic. You show it on your face. And I've never known any coach at any level who took losing harder than you. Didn't you once tell me that um, the losses, something to this effect, the losses hurt more than the wins make you feel good or something of that nature? Well, without question, uh, you know, the, the losses, you know, like if I if I think back about my entire career, you know, of course, we had a great run at the University of Miami, yep. but we lost two regular season games in four years, the last four years, and playing a national schedule. I, I think the last two years at the uh, University of Miami, we had like a dozen teams that were in the top 20. So it was a uh, – we were on national television every other week. It was a great run. But, you know, when I think about that, you uh, know, the game that sticks out is the game that I you know, did a poor job of coaching uh, when we lost to Penn state and lost the national championship. We had a much better team. Yes. You know, they, they made one first down the second half and about 150 yards. And uh, we, we had like 450 yards. Yeah. I, I, like I said, looking back, that's the game that stands out. Uh, but you know, we turned the ball over and we, if you turn the ball over, you're going to lose. I, I think it made me a better coach. Uh, losing that game because I didn't lose another one, you know, at University of Miami. Yeah, I was I was at that game covering it, and uh, it was fourteen to ten. And um, I, I guess the reason it hurts so much is that it, what it, that may have been the best college team I've ever seen. You had uh, all over the roster. There were guys who were going to be playing Sunday the following season, and um, uh, it was just a great team. But but you uh, you won a championship at UM. You won two Super Bowls. Uh, first coach to ever win both uh, a major college national championship and Super Bowls. And you won in Miami. And some of the drafting you did in Miami uh, set up that team for years, including Zach Thomas and others. So the, the, the Hall of Fame uh, merit that you've earned is, is so deserved. And when I bring up you being an emotional guy, Jimmy, I've never seen you more emotional than I did on, on January 12th of last year of 2020, when uh, mountain of a man, David Baker, uh, turns the corner live on the Fox set and surprises you like that. Uh, and, and you were fighting back tears and the tears won that fight. Can you just relive uh, that moment, that minute when he came out and you suddenly knew you were in the hall of fame? Well, Greg, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I had an idea that I might go into the pro football hall of fame. Uh, a lot of the selection committee had called and said, you know, hey, they thought I was going to be in. Right. They didn't know for sure. And obviously I didn't know for sure. Uh, but, you know, I thought if it was going to happen, uh, Dave Baker would have come out during the pregame show. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it didn't happen in the pregame show, well, I think, well, maybe, maybe later or, you know, in the week or maybe I didn't get in. Right. And so our producer, uh, Bill Richards, who is the only person that knew it was going to happen, uh, told me, he said, Jimmy, you know, at halftime, I'd like for you to talk about the, the Seattle defense and the Green Bay receivers. I've got a video here. Right. Uh, and we had 35 million people watching that particular game. Right. It was a playoff game. And so, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say during that video. I watched the video. We were getting ready for the halftime. And obviously, if you got 35 million people watching, you don't want to screw up. And so right. my mind was on the Seattle defense. Sure. And so when David Baker walked out, you can't miss him. He weighs about 450 pounds. He's a mountain. <laughs> he walked out. You know, I just stopped breathing. 
And so, you know, the guys were going crazy. You know, they knew what was happening. Terry Bradshaw was jumping up and down. He's my best friend, him and Nick Christen. Yeah. And uh, Howie Long, he looked over and said, hey, do you need your inhaler? You know, because of asthma. <laughs> uh, and Tony Gonzalez, everybody was just so excited. And so, you know, David Baker, you know, asked me about being in the Hall of Fame. And I couldn't get words out because I wasn't breathing. Yeah. Uh, but when I did get some words out, the first words were my, the thought that came into my mind was the great assistant coaches and the great players that yep. I coached. That's what you mentioned first. And, 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 and that's what it was. You know, when I went in the college football hall of fame, you know, you know, maybe I had something to do with assembling, you know, those players and coaches, uh, but they won the games. Uh, then I went in the broadcasting hall of fame. Well, the Broadcasting Hall of Fame with Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, Michael Strahan, Menifee, Jay Glazer. I mean, there, there's a reason that you don't do any of these things as an individual. Right. And then with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I, I coached, recruited, or drafted 13 players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Amazing. I worked with either coaching or broadcasting 14 more right. that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Sure. So that's the thought in my mind is that, you know, I, I have been fortunate and maybe I had something to do with it, but I've been fortunate to be around a bunch of great players and great coaches over my entire career. Right. And uh, they're the reason that I was able to receive some accolades. Yeah. And uh, not to mention, you also had the opportunity to uh, uh, work with Miami Herald columnist Greg Cody, which had to be just such an honor for you. Uh, <laughs> When are, when are you in the um, the fishing hall of fame? Because you're in every hall of fame, you have to be in the fishing hall of fame, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I've, I've received some awards and I've been on some magazine covers uh, for fishing, <laughs> but uh, I don't know about the fishing hall of fame. Okay, well, I haven't set a whole lot of records there. Well, we're gonna we're gonna start that campaign for you because uh, <laughs> uh, you've you've brought uh, uh, good publicity to the uh, to the sport of fishing. Uh, speaking of that, have you ever been on a boat um, and something scary has happened? Whether it was weather related, whether it was just a, an intense fight with a fish, anything, particularly when you're by yourself, uh, it could get hairy out there, right? Oh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty soft, uh, especially in my later years. Uh, if, if there's white caps out there and the wind's blowing, I don't go. Yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, so I always go in great weather. Uh, and so, you know, never, never really had any, you know, scary moments. Now, when I first started, captaining the boat by myself uh, my wife Rhonda and I you know we had oh I think it was like a 40-foot main ship and you know we decided we were going to go to Bimini and the waves picked up and it was bouncing around and I would have been fine but she's looking at me all saying hey are you sure we can make this right and, and it was the first time I'd ever captained you know the ship you know, going across and uh I went about halfway and I turned around and came back, you know, <laughs> but, but never really had any real scary moments. Jimmy, um, uh, how long did it take you to write your hall and in induction speech that you're uh, going to give in a few days? Well, really not very long because, um, you know, I've been to a few of these things before. And of course I presented Jason Taylor when he went in the hall of fame and then right. of course the college hall of fame, which, last about six hours, you know, with all their acceptance speeches. Mm. And, and yeah, there's a couple of things there. Um, 
you know, I told Troy Aikman, who's going to present me, I, I said, you know, it'll be the shortest speech in, in <laughs> pro football uh, Hall of Fame history. Uh, because, you know, first of all, they all start thanking everybody in the world. And, and I started coming up with a list uh, of all the people I needed to thank, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. There's no way. I, we had been there all night for me to thank yeah. all the people that's helped me in my entire career. Sure. And the other thing is that, you know, they wanted to scroll all the thank yous at the bottom of the screen, which they're going to do for a lot of the inductees. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I said, if people are more interested in see if their name is on the bottom of that screen, you know, they're not going to be listening to me. Right. Uh, and so there won't be a whole lot of thank yous in my speech. I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, my family uh, and then it's going to be thank you. And I'm going to sit down. Jimmy, can, can you put into words why the Hall of Fame meant what it does mean to you? Um, it, it may be obvious, but I, I wonder how it compares with other career pinnacles, with winning championships, for example. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I used to say that uh, the most fun time of my life was my five years at University of Miami. Yeah. And it was that way for a long time. That was a wild ride. Uh, yeah, obviously – you know, winning back-to-back Super Bowls, you know, that was rewarding as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But really, the most fun time of my life has been right now. Uh, I have a great relationship with my family. I have a great marriage. Uh, I have a great life. Uh, I've been trying to retire from Fox NFL Sunday for the last 10 years, and they <laughs> won't let me retire. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I. but, you know, that's my friends. Right, know? right. I, I really... You know, Terry Bradshaw and I, we'll sit there in a suite, you know, out in Los Angeles, and we've got three TVs set up. We'll watch college football all day Saturday. Uh, and Kurt Minifield come over with us, you know. And, and so, you know, it's just a great time. You know, then we, we do the show. You know, we've been doing the show for so long. You yeah. know, we don't really have any rehearsal. Everything's ad lib. Uh, but we have such a great relationship with each other. You know, somebody can screw up a word and mispronounce it or something, uh, stray hand or whatever, whoever, and we can bust each other's chops the rest of the show and just have a ball. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's, it's really a great group. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't fake that kind of chemistry. And when, when you watch Fox NFL Sunday, it's it's obvious that you guys are tight, that that, uh, that you do that. You know, you it, and it's wonderful to hear. That's why it's been such a success. Uh, Jimmy, you uh, because of the pandemic, uh, you did that show remotely last year. Are you going to be back in the studio this year? Yeah. I, I, you know, I talked to him. I said, listen, I, I'll give you three options. I said, you can save some money on the budget and I'll retire. You know, uh, they said, well, that's not an option. We're not taking that one. <laughs> I said, okay, well, I'm not coming to LA every week. <laughs> they said, well, how many times will you come? <laughs> and so we've kind of worked out, you know, our, our top ratings are, is the OT and when we have double headers, right. Uh, that's our big games, America's game of the week. Uh, and you know, there for quite a few years, I didn't stay for the OT. In fact, I just did the pregame show and I, I came home. And so, uh, I, I said, listen, I'll, I'll just go out since I'm going out there, I want to watch all the games anyway. Um, I'll do all the double headers and I'll stay for the OT. Uh, and in the single headers, uh, I'll stay here at home and we'll have a camera set up here and I'll do the show from here. And so they agreed to that. And 
So I'm still on Fox NFL Sunday. Excellent. <laughs> I, I would love to see um, you do that show from your boat, you know, with a rod in your hand. You're in the middle of catching a big fish while also right. discussing the game with, uh, with Bradshaw. That would be fun. Uh, um, Jimmy, before we let you go, and I'm so appreciative of uh, you being on with us and allowing us to catch up. Um, you're the only human being on earth who's been a head coach of both the Hurricanes and the Dolphins. And I'm curious, uh, when it comes to the Canes, um, they got to find a way to, to get over that Clemson hurdle if they want to get back to where they want to be. Uh, what's What kind of a job is Manny Diaz doing, do you think? And, and how do you see the state of the Canes right now? Well, you know, Greg, in all honesty, it's going to be difficult for them, you know, to look back and say, okay, like it was, you know, there, you know, in the 80s or 90s, you know. Uh, I mean, we were an independent, um, you know, we played a national schedule. Uh, yep. You know, nowadays, every game's on TV. Back then, there was one national game, and then there are a couple of regional games. Well, since we had a national schedule, you know, every other week it was either Oklahoma or Michigan or Florida or Florida State yep. or South Carolina, you know, you know, on and on. You know, all these teams that we played back then. And so we were on national television about every other week. So we were able to recruit some great, great players. Uh, and, you know, the big thing is we won all those games. Yes. And and so, you know, it's it's I think it's going to be hard now. Every every university around, you know, they're on you know TV every week, and so it, it's a matter of collecting talent. You know, that's what wins. I, I realized how much talent we had at Miami when I went to Dallas, and I realized that my Miami teams could probably beat the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> right? Because uh, they they Tom Landry was a great coach, but he had had three straight losing seasons, and they were three and thirteen. Yep, and and so yeah. I think Manny's doing a good job of, of getting talent. I think, you know, from everything I understand, they're recruiting extremely well. Uh, I think they're a well-coached team. Uh, I really like, you know, what they did last year, especially offensively, and I think the defense will pick up. Uh, so, you know, I like what he's doing. I, I, I'm pulling for him 100%. He's been down here a couple of times with his staff, and I visit with him, and, and uh, I, I'm in his corner all the way. Right. Did you have Manny out on your boat or no? No, yeah, we went. Actually, we talked football more than we did boating. <laughs> okay. um, Jimmy, on the on the pro side of town down here, the Dolphins are have completely retooled in the past couple of years, uh, building from the ground up with uh, with draft picks. Uh, now the at the helm, Brian Flores and and Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, how do you see the state of the Dolphins? Well, I I, I like what they're doing. I. Uh, uh, Chris Greer and, and uh, Brian Flores had me uh, there a couple of years ago talking to their uh, coaches and their scouts, you know, talking about acquiring talent and what I was looking for in talent. And I was extremely impressed. Um, and I have talked to Chris a couple of different times uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, I think I think they're doing a tremendous job uh, They're You know, they got draft picks. They were able to make some trades. They were doing some things that, you know, that I'd you know, I would have done. And uh, so I, I think they're doing a great job. I think they're an extremely well-coached football team. Excellent. Is there is there one type of fish that you've never caught? Is there is there something out there that uh, that you wish you could pull into the boat that's just eluded you for all of these years? Nope. 
nothing's out there that that I want desperately that I hadn't caught. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, we'll let you go now. And uh, I want to tell you personally, it's it's a great honor for me to have you on. I know you don't do a lot of podcasts and um, and, and you've been an important part of my career. And uh, I really thank you. It's good, good catching up with you. All right. Thank you, Greg. Enjoyed it. All right. Stay well. suffering from prolonged virginity? Want to attract the kittens like a fancy lad? Well, a little dab will do you, and two will do you double. Brill Cream. Guys, put your hands on your tube and squeeze. Brill Cream. Dabbing it. Brill Cream. A little dab will do you. Brill Cream. What's the matter to you? Fancy lad must always look so debonair. Brill Cream. A little dab will do you. Brill Cream. I feel like I'm always just the jerk on this show, but, uh, I just want, like, did did Jimmy Johnson really mean that much to you in your career? Like, were you just kind of, you know? Well, uh, the Miami Hurricanes in 84 to 88, when they were the one of the talks of college football, a national team, uh, a, a championship team, uh, that was my first major beat. So that was the first time I was covering a team that I really felt like the whole country was interested in in some yeah. way. And he was a very colorful coach, uh, wore his passions on his sleeve and on his face, and w- it was very bold. Uh, outspoken. He was great. I really enjoyed the hell out of covering him. So happy to have him on. Uh, Philip Bailey, the lead singer of uh, Earth, Wind and Fire is no longer the only Hall of Famer who we've had as a guest on this uh, podcast. Um, Had to talk about Simone Biles for a minute because uh, for withdrawing, uh, she's the talk of the summer games Mm -hmm. uh, in my mind. And it's disgraceful to me that she's gotten a lot of criticism from people who've called her a quitter when she's withdrawn uh, largely because of mental health issues. And, and I think she deserves all kind of empathy. Uh, anybody uh, among you two uh, want to call her a quitter? I do not want to call her a quitter. I mean, it is, it's just crazy how, you know, you have the people holding up, like, who was it? What was the girls? It was a Carrie Strug. Right. The, right. With the ankle. Like, that's the thing you see, but it's people just don't appreciate mental health as being that type of injury. And like, I just don't understand the criticism of her. It's, it seems pretty weak. Yeah. I don't get it either. Um, we all have a stage that we operate on. Um, and sometimes I, even with my, with my spouse, with my wife, I have to tell her, Hey, like, you know, I've been going through, through some stuff this year and I've had to tell her a couple of times this year, I'm not with it today. You know, and she has to carry more of the load that day. And she's had to do the same with me. We yeah. all have. And that's the stage I operate on. I'm at work. It's at my day job. It's I'd rather lose you for a day than have to lose you for a month because you didn't take care of yourself, you know. And yep. so it's that same mindset. Her stage just happens to be in front of the whole world at the Olympics. Either way, it's the same, you know, when it comes to sometimes we can't perform our job. And and so I appreciated her willingness to say not today. 
it can't happen. Isn't it just crazy though that she is capable of getting the, essentially it's called the twisties in yeah. gymnastics of just essentially the yips. Right. Like where she she like the greatest we've ever seen at this is just can't just is like in the air and like losing her balance and it's just like oh, it's like crazy that it's like the mental games of like, you know, these sports where you're alone, man. You know what I mean? Like I know they're a gymnastics team and they are a team, but these sports like golf and tennis where you're alone with your thoughts and it's just insane like how crazy the mind can be at like just ruining everything. Yeah. And and that sport in particular, I was saying that the other night I'm I'm watching this woman from another country uh, do backflips on a balance beam which is 4 inches wide. And imagine the pressure of doing backflips on a on a beam that narrow. Uh, and you could, you know, tw- really break your ankle and and fall and and do something catastrophic. And you on a balance beam is a funny visual. I mean, oh me God. too. I mean, all three of us. I'm not like. Can we get that for TikTok? I'm not. Yes. Oh. <laughs> by the way, our TikTok is blowing up. By the way, and by that I mean we've we're we're, we're starting. But uh, but I'm very happy with our output so far. And uh, you should check out our TikTok, the Greg yeah. Cody Show. We're gonna have some fun on there. I think we have three ticks up there right now, don't we? Is that yep. what you call a, an entry on TikTok? <laughs> you know, it's called a you just You just did, so we're doing it. Okay. Uh, hey, NBA free agency is is underway now. Um, and in Miami down here, we're going to be not hearing... As cra- but it's not as crazy as MLB trade deadline. I just oh, want to say that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I know Max Scherzer is a little bit beyond his prime now, but uh, the Dodgers getting him, to me, that's the big yeah. deal of free agency, right? I mean, the, I'm I'm kind of looking at it through the Marlins prism, which is a prism nobody wants to look at it through. So, you know, the Marlins ma- made a lot of moves. But, yes, that obviously – it's not fair what the Dodgers are doing. Like, I don't understand. That rotation is sick. It is. They have three pretty great teams in that division. Um, the, the Marlins, though – I said that rotation, didn't I? But in the division, they, they also have – Both are accurate. Rotation is sick and the division is sick. Right. But the Marlins, uh, in one fell swoop, trade away their best hitter – Marlon, uh, Starling Marte, who's had a 307 average, and their leading slugger, Adam Duvall, who has what 22 home runs. It, it's the they're waving the white flag, you know. I mean, well, but they can, this team is not good though, so it's like, no, they're not. What are, what are they punting on? They're trying to reload with prospects, like they are. That's and, why and like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm seeing Marlon's yeah. fans on Twitter like freaking out, like this is a big thing, like, oh, were you really attached to Adam Duvall? Like even Starling Marte, he's a good he's a good hitter. But if he's your best guy, you're not that good. So it's like that's true. Like to me, as long as we keep and we're and we're recording this literally in the middle of the trade deadline. So like these guys could get moved after we record. But as long as they keep Sandy Alcantara and Jazz Chisholm, like those are the only two guys to me that like I see like all star potential. Well, you know, no, nobody questions that that they are raising uh, good young pitchers, particularly starting pitchers. But they need more than Jazz Chisholm. Yeah. They need other homegrown and, uh, bats. Yeah. And one of them, uh, supposedly uh, uh, a replacement for Marte, could be uh, J.J. Bladé, the outfielder. Ah, but, that guy's... But yeah. I checked today, and uh, he's he's batting a buck 99 in double A. So <laughs> he doesn't look like somebody right. who's ready for MLB right now. So uh, I think the Marlins are going to be good in a couple of years. Richard Blyer, also untouchable, my high school teammate. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've actually been more interested, more so than the moves the Dodgers made. I was more shocked at what the Cubs are doing. I don't know yeah. if you can. I've. It's interesting because I've actually not paid attention to what they're bringing back in 
I just the, the all I saw yesterday was Anthony Rizzo, and that felt weird. Like I'm not a Cubs fan. Yeah, it's the end of an era. But like, yeah, but to see him go, it reminded me back. I could relate because you know, growing up a Braves fan. Uh, Dale Murphy was my first hero, and he was never supposed to leave. And when he went to the Phillies, it it broke my heart. So, I don't like, know if Anthony Rizzo's on this level. I mean, I guess <laughs> I know the last like eight years, he's like he. If when you think of the Cubs, you think of Anthony Rizzo. Right. So I'm with that. Yes, and, and that's the thing. Gro- the Braves were terrible in the '80s, man. They were really bad. But whenever you thought of the Braves, you thought Dale Murphy. And then when he left, it was it was just uh, now they uh, of course went on their their wonderful run of, you know, division championships after that. But still, like, it's just weird to see Rizzo gone and who else did they get did they get rid of? They um Well, like once again, we're doing this like as the Javi Baez deal is like being done. So I don't know if that's official yet, but Javi Baez was going to the Mets, I believe. Yeah. It feels like they've given up on the year too and, and are just trying to find a way to reload. One of the great things I love about sports is that um it seems like there's more movement now, more trades more big free agency moves. I mean, we that's mentioned probably that. not true. Oh, I think it feels like it is to me. <laughs> I think we say that like, every year, though. No, because because in addition to what normally happens every year, you now have athletes um, feeling empowered and forcing trades, uh, yeah. like you know the James Hardens, and and so now uh, you know you have Westbrook with. Um, the Lakers and and free agency. That's exciting. I'm exciting about. I'm excited about that. I like Russell Westbrook. I'm excited to see him play on a good team again. He was being wasted in Washington. He he really was. Uh, I have read that he's a weird fit with the Lakers. But to me, you well, just because he te- can't shoot, just because he can't shoot, right. and that like you want to put shooters around those two. And but he he he's so good, man. He's a triple double machine. Like the way he gets yeah. to the rim. I know he is older. His game's not going to age, but. It's just that's just exciting to me. Like, and it's actually a perfect thing because I don't want them to be that good that if like the Heat ever get good, <laughs> that we can beat them. But it's like it'll they'll be interesting, which is what we want. We don't we don't want them to be so great. Like if they got Bradley Beal, I'd right. be like, shit, they're right. gonna win the next four titles. Russell Westbrook is like not that great that like it's just an interesting piece that I'm happy that they, they right. good with it. Yeah. And and uh and speaking of of uh guys who don't shoot that well, uh Ben Simmons is available and uh, the Miami Heat reportedly are one of a few teams that have a shot to get him. He I would did, take him. Jimmy Butler basically like hated him. Like he's the reason yeah. that he hated being in Philly. Like that, I, I I know I've seen those reports too, but it's just right. makes zero sense. Okay, yeah, I don't want him on the Heat, not at all. So we want Beal or or Dame. We want Lillard or Beal. Is that correct? Oh, give me Dame all day. Yeah, let's have both. <laughs> why not let's get everybody can we get 90s yeah. michael jordan let's go sign right. him are you, up. wait are you are you getting out there with the take that bradley beal and damian lillard would really improve the heat team i, I am that's my wow. take of the week i don't think anybody else has said that or thought it I mean, uh, but i'm announcing it right now that if the heat get bradley beal and damian lillard to combine with Adebayo and uh and butler and his coffee company the heat win the championship there's no question i guarantee it how about that what do you think Jimmy Johnson's doing after, like, right after that interview? Like, what do you think he's doing right now? You know, I think he's saying to his wife, Rhonda, um, Rhonda, I love Greg Cody so much, and that had to be the best interview I've done in decades. He has this southern drawl that I can't imitate. He needs a cigarette, basically. <laughs> and that's right. It, it, he's orgasmic uh, I, with joy. <laughs> Is, isn't, there some, having... isn't there some real old song you always used to sing with Rhonda in it? 
Help me, Rhonda. Help me get her out of my heart. See, I, like, I just, help, as, help me, as soon as I heard yes. Rhonda, I was Thank like, you this for that brings backup. me back to my dad embarrassing me with a song in public. What are you talking about? I'm saying when I heard when I heard you say Rhonda, I was like, I, I picture my dad singing that song terribly somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should, because I have, and you've heard it. I'm one of these people who... You're one of the bad boys. You're one of these people. Things anyway. You're one of these people that likes to always say, "I'm the kind of guy," and I'm one of these people. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. the kind of that's the kind of people you are. <laughs> that's true. Greg and Cody, that, man of the people. That's an homage to my late great friend Alan Cherry, who said, uh, and and the phrase that kind of thing is also Alan Cherry. Thank you, Alan. R.I.P. And so so was I'm the kind of guy. By the way, keep up the uh, the decal requests, Dad. Give the oh address. no, we want, to, we want to like my dad is regretting doing this secretly okay. because of how many requests he's getting. So it's turning into a lot of work for him, and we want to amp that up. Okay. So we want to keep it coming. We want more. If you if you've been thinking about it, do it because we want to like we want more and more of these. So my dad has to keep spending his afternoons packing mail. Actually, we don't. Uh, this is taking <laughs> hours out of every day for me now. And keep it uh, coming. Know, no, give the address. Uh, give the address. Look, we gotta no, go. No, we gotta no, get no, out. No, no, no. We're not giving the address anymore. Uh, go back to previous say, episodes. Listen. Find the address. Sell right. more. You can do Ramp that. it up. Ramp it I up. I can't. I can't prevent you to, from doing that. But I'm. Um, I'm a stat freak, and so I want to give you a couple of stats here. Uh, we've given away about 400 decals so far. Uh, almost 200 uh, fans of the show have called in from 37 different states and Canada. Uh, you'd expect Florida to be number one, but the outpouring's been crazy. We thank you all, Pod Family. Uh, come back, keep listening, uh, subscribe, rate, review, uh, like, whatever the hell you do, keep doing it. Uh, thank you, Portugal, Philippines, Dominican Republic, Croatia, and Israel, in addition to the Grand USA for supporting us so much this past week. See you next week. Bye bye. Help me, Rhonda. Help me get a ride of my heart. Boom, 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 boom. Help me run, help, help me run, who help me run, help, help me run, who. Thank you, thank